Time for our year-end awards, and we bring in Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Tom Fernelli. Tom, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. You know, I, I, I couldn't go with anybody other than Saquon Barkley. I, I know that as the years got on, his Heisman campaign has kind of faded a bit, but just as far as the Big Ten is concerned, there hasn't been a better player in the conference on offense. And it's not just on offense, too. It's what he does on special teams. And I think that's the one thing that kind of clinched the award for me here is that even in the games where his rushing total kind of suffered, you know, he didn't against Ohio State where he only had, I think, 38 or 39 yards in the game, he also had a kick return for a touchdown. So even when other teams figured out a way to limit him as a rusher, he still found ways to make a large impact on the game every single week. So I couldn't go with anybody else but Barkley. How far off was Jonathan Taylor in your voting? <laughs> he was. It was. It was. He was pretty. It was him and J.T. Barrett were the other two people I was considering. Jonathan Taylor was a, a nice surprise, especially as a freshman. I mean, we're used to seeing big Wisconsin backs. We're not quite used to seeing big Wisconsin backs with that kind of speed, though. Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. I went with Iowa linebacker Josie Jewell. Um, it's. He, Iowa itself has had an up-and-down season. You know, we saw it have a great game against Ohio State. It played wonderfully against Nebraska on Friday. And then at other times, it's been kind of down. But Josie Jewell has been just a consistent, constant force on defense for the Hawkeyes throughout. He finishes the season with 117 tackles, 12.5 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks, an interception, and eight passes defended, which shows, you know, he can stop the run, he can rush the quarterback, and he can drop into coverage effectively. And I think that's something that's overlooked quite a bit. I think when you just look at stats with linebackers, people look for tackles and tackles for loss. I like to look at what he's able to do all over the field. And he's just a he's a well-rounded, very good player at linebacker for Iowa. Pretty amazing considering he was 190 pounds in high school. I mean, it's another tribute to Iowa's developmental program. Yeah, they, you know, that's the thing about with Kirk Ferentz and that staff being there for so long. When you look at those situations, you fans will be like oh they're only getting three-star recruits it's like yeah but they're getting three-star recruits and they know exactly what to do with them to make them four or five-star players when they get there coach of the year in the big 10 i'm, I'm going with paul christ i mean i under the, to me i feel like nobody's done a better job than chris has with wisconsin because i don't think that before the year started you know when we were trying to figure out who the big 10's real playoff contenders were we figured wisconsin would be the better team in the west and win the division but we weren't looking at them as being better than Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. And I feel like at this point, in all reality, I mean, things could change. But the way the picture looks to me, I feel like Wisconsin is the Big Ten's only real legitimate playoff hope right now because I don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to get in with two losses. So I see what he's done at Wisconsin. He's undefeated this year. They're in a position to, you know, they're going to play for the Big Ten title next week. They'll be playing for a playoff spot next week. And going into the year, I don't think that was a realistic hope for Wisconsin, and I think Chris deserves a lot of credit for it. Biggest surprise of the year in the conference? Uh, Michigan State, I thought, I knew that they were going to bounce back after a really tough season last year when they went 3-9. and nine. I thought they were going to be more of a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five team, but they've, you know, they've been competing for the Big Ten East all season. They had a really strong season, a really strong and quick turnaround. And I, that caught me by surprise. So I, I have to say that Michigan State's the biggest surprise for me this year. Doing our year-end awards with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com as we take a closer look inside the Big Ten. And you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. Biggest disappointment of the year? Nebraska. I, You know, I Wisconsin was my clear favorite in the West. 
I thought Nebraska was going to be better than this, and it's it's just been you know it the finishing touches on the season on Friday night against Iowa getting just blown out at home in your rivalry game. It's just not a very good look for the Cornhuskers, and I expect that there will be changes coming there shortly. So I think that just with a finishing a four and eight, they gave up 50 points in four of their last, you know, like five games. It's just, it's one thing if Nebraska's losing, it was the fashion in which it was losing, which really stood out to me. And that's why they were such a disappointment for me this year. Coach on the hot seat for next year, assuming that uh, Mike Riley uh, out being out at Nebraska is fait accompli. You know, I think if, if Riley's out at Nebraska, I think generally everywhere you look around the conference, the coaches are pretty safe. So my hot seat's a little different. I don't think this coach is in danger of getting fired. But I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be on a bit of a hot seat next year into the fact that maybe the honeymoon's over. Maybe it's the time where Michigan fans start saying, okay, we understand that, you know, we, we were happy with you the first few years. We understood that this year things weren't, you know, going to be – there were lower expectations this season because there were so many new players starting on that team and there were so many young players. But I think next year is the year where Michigan needs to start beating somebody. If they don't beat Ohio State on Saturday this year, they need to beat Ohio State next year. They need to beat Penn State. They need to beat Michigan State. They need to beat Wisconsin. They need to start beating the Big Ten's best teams. Or else I think that there could be some uh, angry fans in Michigan that are kind of starting to turn on Harbaugh next season. Team on the rise or one that makes you feel really good going into next year? Uh, you know, I this is when Purdue was supposed to be the team that was supposed to be you know, on the rise going into next year. Because I thought Jeff Brown was going to come in and turn things around a little bit and get things headed in the right direction. But they seem to be a little bit ahead of schedule. But I'm still looking at Purdue as a team next year, particularly in the West where we're likely to see changes at Nebraska. I think Illinois is still going to be kind of in a rebuilding season. Minnesota, P.J. Flack is still working on building that program up to where it wants to be. I see Purdue as a team that next year in the West could fight, maybe not win the division, but could be one of those top three teams in the division. Again, bringing up Mike Riley and Nebraska, it seems that is fait accompli. So if so, where does Nebraska go for its next head coach? Obviously, the, the big answer would be Scott Frost, but who else might be in that mix? Uh, yeah, if if they go after Frost and Miss, it's, it's hard to really know for sure. I would not be surprised if Brett Bielema becomes a name that comes up at Nebraska. I think, you know, if you see what he did at Wisconsin, maybe they think bringing him back to the Big Ten where he's had so much success might be good for him. And, you know, he runs a kind of, offense that would fit with what Nebraska maybe can do in the Big Ten. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know. It's a lot of up-and-comings. If they want to spread things out, maybe they go after Mike Norvell at Memphis. Or, you know, we could see if there's been rumblings that Nebraska might want to consider going to more of an option offense. So I don't know if they would go after maybe somebody like Paul Johnson. And then, of course, there's Mike Leach, who is the coach at Washington State, but was hired at Washington State by Bill Moose who is now the athletic director at Nebraska. So there's the obvious connection there. So I think that would be a name to keep an eye on as well. We hand out our postseason awards for the Big 12 Conference. And here to announce them is Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com. And you can always follow him on Twitter, at Tom Fernelli. I think it's uh, pretty much a slam dunk for Offensive Player of the Year. But I asked the question, and the winner is... <laughs> yeah, this one, this one did not take long to figure out. It's the best, probably the best player of the year in college football period. It's Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, who's had a fantastic season. He's also had some controversial moments and things that have put him in the spotlight when he doesn't want to be, and he's had to apologize for But just putting all that stuff to the side and looking at Baker Mayfield, the football player, 
he's not only had the fantastic season, both statistically and just as a leader for Oklahoma, it's just when Oklahoma, in the big games, when Oklahoma needs to win a game or when Oklahoma needs a drive, it feels like there hasn't been a point at this year where he has failed that team when they have needed him and looked to him to do something. He gets the job done in the big games. He gets the job done at the big moments, and he's just been the best player in the Big 12 by far this season. Defensive player of the year in the Big 12. Flipping to the other side of that Oklahoma team, I'm going with Agbonia or Okoronkwo, the defensive end for the Sooners. He's just had a magnificent season for Oklahoma. It's just been one of the biggest reasons that defense has done so well this year. He's got 17 tackles for loss, eight sacks, six quarterback hurries, and he's forced three fumbles. He's just been a one-man wrecking crew on that defensive line, and he's been a big key for the Sooners this season. Handing out our year-end awards for the Big 12 with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. So, so far, the Sooners are two for two. How about Coach of the Year? Does that streak extend? Yes. <laughs> you know, I was I was between I was between Lincoln Riley and Matt Campbell at Iowa State who's just done a fantastic job. But for me the thing with Lincoln Riley is he stepped into a situation where yes, he took over a very good team. He took over a team with high expectations, but he was also taking over for a coach that has been at Oklahoma for so long and is kind of, you know, a legend at Oklahoma. And it's a strange situation where even when you you know, you step into a situation like that, it's it's common to see a step backwards, particularly for Lincoln Riley, who's never been a head coach anywhere. So you expect there to be a few bumps in the road, and there just hasn't been. He's come in. Oklahoma's playing for a Big 12 title next week. If they win the Big 12 championship, they're going to the playoffs. I think the fact that Lincoln Riley was able to step into this situation where the expectations are so high and not miss a beat speaks very well of him as a coach both this year and going forward, so I had to give him the Coach of the Year award. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. For as good as Campbell was, uh, this is there's no doubt about it. It's Lincoln Riley's program. It's not, well, there's still Bob Stoops. There's no Bob Stoops hangover, carryover, whatever term you want to use. It's Lincoln Riley and the Sooners going forward. There's no question about it. Biggest surprise of the year in the Big 12 was... Iowa State. I mean, <laughs> I feel like this was a good compromise for me if I didn't want to give Matt Campbell the coach of the year. It's just, I don't, I, we talked about it last year. We talked about it at the beginning of this year. We thought Iowa State was heading in the right direction. We thought Matt Campbell was a good hire. Did not see it coming this quickly, this kind of a turnaround to where they're not only getting bowl eligible, but they're knocking off top five teams. You know, this is an Iowa State team that beat Oklahoma. This is the Iowa State team that beat TCU. And while they're not going to finish, you know, winning the Big 12 or playing for a Big 12 title, it's still been a fantastic season for Iowa State and one that you know you have to be really excited about going forward. Biggest disappointment of the year in the Big 12. You know, they got a win last night to get bowl eligible, but I'm I'm still going with Texas Tech simply because I thought this was the kind of season where, you know, Cliff's been there for a few years now. There were some questions elsewhere in the Big 12 and I thought that you know with some open area in the middle of the conference. I thought Texas Tech could be a team that finally, you know, that took that step forward and maybe not, if not contending to win the big 12 title, would at least have been more competitive in the conference and been a bigger factor throughout the season. So while it's good that they got to six and six, it was still a disappointing year to me because I was thinking that this was a team that could be eight and four, maybe even get the nine wins. And really, if you look elsewhere, there weren't any other real disappointments in the conference. So I have to go with Texas Tech. Coach on the hot seat for next year. I, th- I think it's Cliff. Cliff's going to survive this year, but I really honestly think if he if Texas Tech doesn't make that step next year, I wonder if they're going to 
maybe start considering making a change, and maybe not just a change at the head coach, but maybe a change in what they do. Like, you know, this is a Texas Tech team that since Bleach came there, they've been an air raid team. That's part of the reason Cliff got the job, not only because he, you know, played there for Leach, but because they wanted to keep that style of offense because they feel like that's part of their identity. I'm wondering if maybe they think going forward, if maybe changing that kind of offensive philosophy is better for them to stand out and be different in the Big 12. So that's something I would look forward to. And then elsewhere, I'll go with David Beatty at Kansas, because even though the expectations there aren't that high, at some point he needs to have the program giving a little bit of hope for the future and showing signs of improvement. And honestly, I just haven't seen it yet. Talking with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com as we hand out our postseason awards. And you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. Team on the rise heading into next season. I think it's still Iowa State. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have two top five wins again next season. But I think that just based on the improvement we saw last year and how quickly things improved even further this year, I'm I'm excited to see what this Iowa State team can do next season. Even it's going to have a little bit of a target on its back because people are going to be expecting it. It's not going to be a thirty-something point underdog the next time it plays Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is going to probably take it a bit more seriously. So, I I am really interested to see where Matt Campbell can take this Iowa State team because I think he's a great coach and I think they've got some talent on that team and I think they could win a lot more games. You know, Baylor gave Matt Rule the eight-year deal in part because they really needed some time to build this thing back up. It was a really tough first year. I don't realize, I don't know if anybody realized just how tough it would be, but one win, and that being uh, over Kansas, it was a, a very, very tough season. How much longer do you think it'll, it'll he'll need to turn this around? Well, I would expect that next year they're going to win more than one game. That being said, I don't know how if it'll be you know five games or six games. It might still only be three or four because that's the thing. It's it's not just the off the field stuff that the the culture and everything that they need to change there, and they brought in Matt Rule to change. It's just when you're going from the style of play, the style of offense that Art Briles teams play to what Matt Rule wants to do, you need a few years just to change personnel because you need different types of players to run those systems. You know, with, with Art Browse, you had offensive linemen that, you know, you wanted size, obviously, but you got we wanted quicker, agile guys who could pass block. With Matt Rule, you kind of want those big, beefier, Big Ten type of offensive linemen that could be, you know, road graders and run blocks. So it takes a few years to bring in the players that fit the scheme. So it's it's going to be a few more years before we see Baylor, you know, getting to a bowl game. But I still think that next year, year two in the system for a lot of these players, it's going to be a better team than what we saw in the field this year. It's just I don't know if it's going to be a team that's getting, you know, five, six, seven wins. The Baker Mayfield incident last week, uh, he was suspended and won't start today. Uh, how much remorse? It seemed he was pretty remorseful. But how much remorse do you think that he showed last week? And, and has this uh, punishment resonated to the point where you'll see a little change in personality from him? Honestly, I don't know if I want to see a change of personality from Baker Mayfield. I think the thing that kind of makes him who he is on the field is kind of what we saw, you know, the sideline. He's just a very – when you get him on the field, he seems to be a completely different person than he is off the field. He's just a competitive, fiery person. And I think that's what makes him so special as a football player. Now, I would expect that just as anybody, the older you get, the more calmer he's probably going to get, and the more he's going to think through his actions. You know, he's still, you know, we forget he's a 22, 23 year old kid, so he's still going to make the mistakes that a lot of us made at that age. But I think going forward, he's going to calm down and mature a bit, but I hope he doesn't lose the edge that makes him so good on the field. Tommy, five years in the books. It's been special. So, uh, again, from the bottom of my heart, thanks so much. Uh, Thank you, Rich. I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of doing it every week, sincerely.